everyone, how's your week going? I hope you haven't been caught by this latest round of COVID. And if you have, I hope it passes without too much distress. I've been asked recently about pocket money. I don't know why, but I often consider this to be more of a summer question. Maybe it's going up a year. What pocket money is a good idea? What isn't? But I'm guessing that what's precipitated this is the Christmas season coming up. And it could be more about the who pays for the presents, their child or you, that's motivating the question. So I thought it could be useful to chat about money, chores, expectations, borrowing, lending, saving and giving. Generosity, all of those sorts of things. You know, most arguments as we get older find their roots in money. Property is nine-tenths of the law, I'm sure you've heard that. The fallout might on the surface often look different, but many times it's financially motivated at the core. So teaching our children to be clear about money is a really healthy objective. So let me speak into a few common questions and I'll give you my take, which is from years of garnered experience and input from other parents, and you can do what you will with that. So the amount of money is not as important as the culture that you set into your family around money. For example, should money be earned or given? So in my opinion, it's lovely for children to receive from their parents with no strings attached, no expectations, just I love you, I'd love you to have this. Because you don't want them to have a complicated relationship around giving and receiving. So modelling generosity without any hidden strings is very straightforward, isn't it? But I hear you say, what about the chores? How do I motivate them to the chores? And yes, I do think kids should have chores or jobs or whatever you call them. But the basic responsibilities that we expect of our children shouldn't have to be paid for by us. We all live here. We all make the mess, we all contribute to the needs of the house. Yes, I'm happy to take the lion's share, but you do your age-appropriate part. Not for pocket money, not as a favour to me, but for us as a team to live together in a state of tidiness that we all feel comfortable with. Then the next question would be, should chores ever be paid for? And I would say, yeah. I think it's helpful to have some jobs that are above and beyond those basic responsibilities and then they can top up their coffers by doing those. So it might be cleaning the car, cleaning the windows, wiping down the fronts of the kitchen cupboards, um, picking apples, I'm looking at our garden at the moment, sweeping leaves, sweeping and mopping the porch. Those jobs that aren't essential, they're not going to upend you if they don't get done, but they do need doing from time to time so they're up for grabs and Whether or not you have an hourly rate for all of them or an age-appropriate hourly rate or you stick on the fridge the jobs that need doing and the amount that you're prepared to pay and it's first come, first served um, could be up to just the way you roll. And then if they're a little bit older, there's chopping logs and mowing lawns and if they're very young, there are some very simple jobs you could give them. If there's always an option to earn more, then they learn to have freedom about the amount of money available to them by deciding whether they want to swap time for money. That's the basic world equation, isn't it? If they choose not to, don't hold it against them. Don't keep reminding them they'd have more if only they'd done the leaf sweeping on the weekend. Just choose those jobs that are extras so that if they don't get done, you haven't got untidy bedrooms and overflowing bins and then let them choose. 
let the lack of money do the talking at the crunch time, at till time, or when they've seen something that they really want. And maybe they don't want for loads of things, maybe they want less, and they won't be wanting to do those chores. But if they do want more, they need to see that basic equation at work, not having it drilled into them with your words and being reminded, because actions speak louder than words when it comes to money and spending. So how much money? Well, my answer to that would be not quite enough. Leave space for a bit of delayed gratification. Set the amount in such a way that will give them an incentive to save. We're working with a generation here who get their needs met very quickly. Delayed gratification can only be taught by experience. And everything that you teach them at home will influence their later decisions. If everything comes easily, they'll not be building that muscle of waiting and planning ahead. And that'll stifle them later on when there are things that they want and they haven't developed that muscle of saving. And then how should they spend it? Should they spend it all on themselves? Well, in the end, time and money are things that people need to have freedom to spend according to their will. But a little influence early on can set them on a healthy trajectory. I use the word influence because enforced giving isn't a heart move. If we want them to give freely and be generous and not resentful and feel like they're under duress to do it, then we just need to set that culture in good and early. And the best way to do that is to get them excited about what gifts and giving can do for somebody. It's far more incentivizing than telling them to give or save. Now I'm talking a lot about giving and I realize it's not on everybody's radar from when their kids are really small. I guess what I mean is making a consideration for people in need that may or may not be in our immediate vicinity. Not just to be charitable, but to develop that kind of mindset that if I don't keep everything I earn, I get an opportunity to change somebody's life. It's not the amount that matters here. It's the concept of being part of a combined effort with others to change a life. I'm not being sponsored by a charity here, but you don't need me to tell you that there's some need out there and some great charities. And what a fantastic opportunity to help our children to think about generosity. So our kids sponsor a child in Africa who otherwise would not be able to go to school. Um, we've got one left at home now and he's a pen pal with a little chap out in Africa and the letters go back and forth and have done over the years. It's a great reminder that with fairly little effort, you can completely change somebody's prospects. And it's a really good first-hand connector to somebody who lives with very different opportunities than our children live with over here. Beat that for a geography lesson. You know, it never did much for me at school to be told, finish everything on your plate because there are people starving across the world. But receiving a letter from someone whose life you changed definitely has an impact. It fills my child's boots to know that a few light chores can make such a difference to somebody else's life. And local charities can be great too, and kids often love to give to animal charities. And actually most charities now are very good at writing to children who've sent money. And don't be concerned if your combined children's efforts come to like £1.60 at the end of a whole month or a quarter of saving. Remember, you're sowing principles here, you're building culture, and you're setting trajectories. 
So encouraging them to put 10% aside into a giving pot and 10% aside into a savings pot is something you're sowing into them for the future. And the fun part is actually opportunities come up all over the place to give and it's so much less painful when they've got a giving pot that they're busting to spend rather than they're looking at their pennies and thinking, oh, if I give that, then I won't have anything left for that toy that I want. How about when to spend it? This is something we need to be really clear about. It's helpful for children who are desperately waiting to buy something to know that this is the day that we've put aside rather than just having an ongoing pressing you because that just feels like pressure that you can't meet. So we had a buying day once a quarter and I was happy to do the whole shopping tour with them on that day. And that's really helpful if you've got a spender. You might have a saver. I often notice the oldest child is a saver actually, but that might not be the case for yours. And they'll need encouraging to part with it. And then asking them to contribute to things at home can be very empowering. Here's a great example from a friend. Their kids wanted to watch a movie that wasn't available on their screening services. So they needed to rent it. So the dad said he was happy to do that if the kids contributed. And up they went to get their pocket money. And of course, their contributions didn't make a great deal of difference to the household bills that month. But think what he was teaching them about choices, independence, group decisions, contributions. Think how empowering it felt to watch the movie that week, knowing that they'd paid for it. And then what if they can't afford what they want? Lending and borrowing. Ooh, sticky area this, isn't it? And another great thing to straighten out when they're still with you. If you agree to lend them, ask them to work out how much to give back and when and on what basis. Sure, fine if they need help with the maths, but really for them to create the ideas of payback means that they'll own the process after they've got their money in their sticky mitts. It's so good also to teach them that the repayment responsibility is theirs. It's not on you to be chasing them. And ask them whether they're planning to pay you back before they spend their next amount of money or will the debt come out on the front end? Because you can be sure that your repayment will be low down on their agenda once they've bought the item that they were borrowing for. And don't let them off the loan. It's so unhelpful. There's a life lesson here. You may not need the repayment, but they need the experience. Other ways to spend it. Could they contribute to the teacher's gift this year or is that all on you? Do they get given money to buy siblings gifts or could they save some of it or all of it? Could they put some of their pennies in to contribute to granny or grandpa's gift this year? Get them thinking about reversing trends. Could they give to a godparent rather than just receive? One way or another, our children will learn to be generous or stingy entitled or grateful what's there at home with us and we all know people who are stingy and we all know people who are generous but the lessons will be gained through what we model and what they experience rather than through what we say and it isn't really about the money at all it's about the attitude and the heart the principles and the understanding Money just provides a really good tool to help them grow. Let me know how that's landed for you. I love to know what you found useful or what you would find useful 
It's great to receive feedback. It's what keeps me going. It's what helps me to feel that I'm part of a group of parents who want to raise emotionally healthy children in this crazy world. If you've got the book, you'll find lots more ideas in there of how to avoid jacking up your child's amygdala. If you haven't and you'd love a full colour, hard-backed book with parenting tools that's written so you can just pick up one page and change your day or dig into a whole chapter or the entire book, you'll love Parenting for Life. You'll find it on my website, which will also have the notes from today on if you'd like to see them in print and review it. It's called The Courageous Mama. In fact, you'll find me everywhere on that. I'm on Instagram, I'm on the blog, I'm on the pod (laughs) and by email at gmail.com. And the link is in the show notes below if that's easier for you. So please, will you do me a favour and pop to the review section of the podcast and ping me some stars and a nice comment. I'd love it also if you shared this with a friend, someone that you know who would find it helpful. And I'll be back next week.